Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest today who appeared back in March 2021, which was episode 122. Um, Bernard Haywood is the CEO of Cadell Minerals, a junior expert explorer with a primary focus on the media exploration and definition of the lithium mineralization at the Bongongi project in southern Mali. Uh, the company holds a highly prospective suite of um, assets in West Africa. Uh, Bernard has over 25 years experience um, as a geologist in the mining exploration um, across a variety of commodities um, and worked in uh, many countries like Australia, Europe, South America and West Africa. And he's going to give us an update on um, Cadell Minerals um, and obviously um, they're involved in lithium and lithium has, um, has done a, a remarkable job over the last few years. So that's um, see what Bernard has to say and um, about the project that he's involved in. So that's welcome, Bernard, to the, the, the podcast. How are you doing, Bernard? Great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for the introduction and nice to be back and funny looking back at uh, 2021 midst COVID, midst a bit of downturn and now we've come out into a fully optimistic, uh, optimistic horizon. Yes, certainly. And um, obviously, those that um, watch, listen to this, please listen to the previous episode that which we recorded in March 2021, um, and we can see how far uh, the company has travelled. Just before we um, before we came online, um, a lot of things have obviously happened. Uh, but I thought we. Um, done a, a podcast two two and a half years ago but it was only 18 months ago and obviously a lot a lot has happened so just wanted to give us a, a quick overview of the company uh, before we go into a few more um detailed questions sure. sure well look look as you said rob we are west african focused and our our priority and we've been very clear about this since we actually acquired the baguni lithium project in 2016 is to develop this project as quickly as possible. Uh, we acquired it 2016, first drilling December 2016, first resource late 2017. So we, we've been very quick. Following that, we did an ESIA study and received our environmental permit, completed a feasibility study in 2019, announced 2020, and lodged our mining license application in 2020. So, you know, really a very a very fast turnaround from a project that had no previous drilling, no exploration for lithium to suddenly be lodging our mining license application. We were very pleased with that. Then, um, as we all know, COVID, some delays and some issues held us up for a while. Uh, but following that podcast we did in 2021, Rob, we had previously announced our feasibility study that was reflecting a cost environment and a pricing environment that was 
probably in the midst of a, a downturn in the in the lithium market. It had an early boom uh, and then dropped away quite quite sharply. And uh, subsequent to that 2021 discussion, uh, you'll note that the lithium market dramatically increased from um, probably in terms of a selling price, almost a 10 times increase. Uh, costs have gone up, but certainly nothing like that. Interest in the sector has gone up. So consequently, interest in Codel has uh, increased dramatically as well. And while, while I'm very clear that our priority is Baguni and the lithium project, we do have a suite of gold assets in Mali and Cote d'Ivoire, some, some really great projects that we'd love to do some more work on. And we will do. We've, we've maintained those projects and we look forward to further drilling there. Again, opportunity for our shareholders, but we're very clear. Priority Baguni, great project, and uh, we can discuss some of 2022 and some of the um, significant changes we've made that uh, are leading to a very exciting 2023. Yeah. So, as obviously, as you alluded to, one of you just give us a, an update on what Codel has been up to during uh, this year, 2022. Um, and what what has been your main focus? So, leading into twenty twenty two, late late twenty twenty one, we were actually granted our mining license, and we'd been in uh, we'd been waiting for that for quite a while. But while we were doing that, we were actually continuing to update our engineering work, update our feasibility study. We had some studies going on in China as well as. Uh, in Western Australia and, and, and Africa to improve our, uh, to, to improve what we think the way the project should be developed. And one of the key things that happened was we announced an, an update to the feasibility study in June 2022 that reflected uh, an increase in cost, but also highlighted some clear opportunities for the project to be developed um, more quickly uh, to offer a very significant early financial return. And then we announced that in September 2022 that we were looking to actually commence the operation with what's referred to as a, a DMS uh, treatment plant, and that's a DMS dense media separation plant, that we will operate at the Anguilana Prospect where we can on a relatively low capital of $65 million, construct a 1 million tonne per annum processing plant, be producing in the range of 120 to 130,000 tonnes per annum of spodumene concentrate. Uh, we think we can be up and running in a very short time from financing, uh, from securing finance, probably no later than 15 months for that development to have been complete and uh, entering a market that's that's really hot for our product. And we, we see that as this great entry point and following that and commissioning and running that for a period of 18 months to perhaps two years, we'd then be looking to construct a flotation plant. And the flotation plant would be a 2 million tonne per annum. It is the plant that we've published our feasibility study on. Uh, it does allow us to envisage a, a period where at Baguni we're producing in the order of 300,000 tonnes per annum concentrate, uh, having a very um, 
cash positive operation, as well as being having the opportunity to fully develop the project through increased exploration, further delineation of the known deposits, further definition of the identified pegmatite veins that we haven't fully drilled yet, and greenfields exploration on our large land holding, which is 350 square kilometres. We think this offers a great opportunity for, for the company to develop and grow and, and really look to create uh, something significant here. Um, obviously, you mentioned about the, the DMS um, that you're obviously you're uh, putting forward. Um, yep. What are your immediate plans now uh, and what, the next what are the next stages leading up to commencing uh, construction? Well, part of part of our engineering review has actually been a lot of detailed engineering, detailed site planning in terms of uh, tailings, waste dumps. Uh, we've had a lot of consultation with our hydrologists, our geotechnical engineers, pit pit design, uh, and of course with the plant engineers. We're looking to construct a modular uh, modular plant. So the key components there are obviously the two module DMS, both 600,000 tonne rated plants and the crushing circuit. Um, the immediate plan for us is to finish this design work, uh, which, which we have had ongoing for quite a long time. It's um, a very good lead in for the actual construction phase. Um, but the key for us, and I've alluded to this um, several times in our RNSs and previous uh, previous uh, interviews, is that we're looking to finalise some discussions on financing. Um, we have some very good uh, proposals in front of us. Um, we're looking to finalise some key key items around those, uh, and then look to look to move quickly into construction. That's that's our focus. We're, we're very clear that the market needs our product. Um, it's a great time to be getting into the development and mining. And uh, as, I, as I said at the start, you know, the interest in our project increased dramatically since our last interview, um, clearly reflecting interest and demand for um, spodumene. And obviously, moving on from that, um, the lithium price. Um, obviously, there seems to be a lot of uh, con conflicting forecasts out there uh, in the market at the moment. Um, yep. What do you think is in store for, I suppose, the future over the next sort of 10, uh, sorry, two, five, sort of 10 years? Obviously, we've seen a uh, the lithium price sort of making a significant um, rise over the last few years. How do you see that moving forward? Um, well, as I said at the start, you know, we, we've seen the cycle from a high to a low to now a greater high than we've experienced before. Uh, actually, running parallel with that, of course, is we've seen that demand cycle go from, you know, extremely high to low to now an increasing demand. And some of the things I look at, rather than try and give you an outright prediction on a number, is to say, what do I think is actually happening with demand? And what I see is a much stronger uptake in electric vehicles, either hybrid or fully electric, 
a much greater uptake in the smaller scale electric vehicles, bikes, scooters, um, motorbikes, uh, that are probably outstripping what people had stated as an expected demand. Uh, So consequently, that means that, to me, the demand supply gap is still uh, wide. Um, There is some thought that perhaps that will start to close by around 2025, but some of the, you know, how de- I don't know how detailed you can look at some of this um, review, but post-2025, it is predicted that the demand will increase and the supply will struggle to match that. So post-2025, we're probably in a positive um, pricing environment. Between now and 2025, I think we're in a steady to maybe slightly declining environment. But the pressure is uh, the pressure on groups trying to acquire product is very high, and uh, we're seeing. I mean, I know it's only small markets that are announced when I see the Pilbara auction price, but you know, they've they've been announcing prices over seven thousand dollars a ton, um, and while that's significantly higher than current market, we have seen in the past that the market actually rises close to what that auction price has been. So I think we I think it we're in a steady environment for a while. Um, we may see some pullback, but I don't think it will ever personally I don't think it's ever going back, you know, sub a thousand or or even to where we were when we said our two thousand and nineteen twenty study was based on a selling price of six hundred and eighty dollars a tonne. And actually that still demonstrated for us a very robust good project, certainly worth developing and mining. Um, so we're in a, we're, I, I feel we're in a very good position to, to manage a decline in the price, but an expectation that long-term it will increase again. Talking about supply and demand, um, and we were speaking just uh, before we started recording, um, I interviewed Jeremy uh, Russell of Cornish Lithium, um, who mentioned on the episode then what I recorded with him, that even when they're in production, they're only going to produce 20, 25% of the UK's um, lithium um, supply and demand that is needed. So I'm not sure where the, where the um, rest of lithium is going to come from. If you look more globally, how far short are we from uh, the amount of lithium that is needed across the world? Big question. Big, big question there, Rob. Uh, I look, I guess, I guess again, in, in some ways, what I try and do to, again, not to be able to give you a 100% answer, but I would just say, look, Canada has taken a view that it's looking at lithium as a, you know, a mineral that needs to be protected and put in place some issues around some Chinese companies investing in in Canadian lithium projects. You look at the uh, United States declaring that lithium is a critical mineral. Um, that's that's a bit of a sign that there is a clear thought that um, companies are not going to be able to meet demand. China has been active very early in the market. It's uh, got involved with a lot of projects um, and it's certainly advanced its capacity to treat and produce, so treat raw product, in our case, the spodumene, in other cases, the brine salts, 
to convert it to a material that's suitable for batteries. Their battery manufacturing is very strong. And their, their actual take-up of electric vehicles, as well as, you know, large-scale batteries for storage of green energy, for household use and for multitude of personal products is, is amazing. And um, do I think they're globally going to be a shortfall? Yes. Uh, can I see where it's coming from? Well, you know, there's always new veins. There's always new projects that will come up. Um, but at the moment, some of those look a long way from being able to be developed and supplying the market. Um, obviously, your projects in Mali. Um, how's the political and security situation now there in country? Um, yeah. I did obviously yeah. see some reports of um, mining license not being issued. Um, could you explain yeah. sort of what impact this will have in, on uh, Codel? Sure. Well, let, let me just address your last point first. And, and what's actually happened is that the government had undertaken an audit of the process of granting some uh, licenses, has requested that the um, Direction Nationale de Geologie et de Mines, so the bureaucracy that handles mining license applications, does not take any new applications while they complete an audit and a review of the process and are looking possibly to update that process. What that means for CODEL really is uh, no impact on us. All our licenses are granted. Uh, all our licenses are in good standing. We're in the process of renewing our dog bowler concession that's part of the Baguni Lithium project. Um, that's happening. The discussions that we've been having directly with the DNGM tell us that granted licenses are carrying on as normal, that they're available for renewal that they're available for transfer if that was ever to happen and and for sale so in our in our in our situation and in the majority of companies operating in mali there's no impact on this current halt to accepting new applications so just to be clear it's not a um, reflection on existing license it's a review of uh, new the way new applications are processed is our understanding. Um, and moving on to comments about security and political situation, well, it's very, very fair to say that uh, Mali's had a turbulent couple of years um, post the most recent democratic presidential election. There was a fair amount of civil unrest regarding the validity of that uh, election. The government was unable to form a functioning government and uh, a series of large-scale public strikes and protests led to a military coup removing the government. Um, and subsequent to that, there has been a government of transition in power. It's obviously the military government. They have declared that they will be holding elections in February 2024. Uh, the government is functioning well, in my view. Uh, we have received our mining licence under the transition government. We're seeing that the bureaucracy and uh, everything that we need to work with, the Treasury, the mining, the uh, 
export are all are all functioning as normal. So politically, um, politically functioning uh, well, um, <laughs> currently stable, elections coming up. Um, but you know it, what we what we can clearly say is that throughout all this time, um, mining has continued. No, no company has uh, had an issue with its project or licensing or permitting or validity, and mining mining continues. And and we we in all our discussions with the government have been receiving very positive support for the development. It's clearly recognised that. Uh, a new lithium mine in Mali is a, a positive. Um, it moves away from being a purely gold-focused uh, mining industry to moving into, you know, what we what we like to call the new the new age metals or the you know green green metals. And uh, I think it will be great for Mali. So politically, we're in a good we're in a good position. Security-wise, um, Mali has had some impact from rebels in the north and east of the country for several years now. Uh, there is an ongoing UN presence and there is more of a focus on pushing the rebels back. Um, it's well away from where we are. Uh, you might argue that the situation's improved, but uh, operate. We still maintain a very quiet um, primary industry farming focused region 180 kilometers south of the capital um, well away from any any issues and we've lived in the town for the last uh, seven years um, I'm happy to be there happy to walk around the town no I feel that there's no personal risk security wise we're okay as well that's good to hear um and what are your thoughts on some of the uh, other West African lithium developers like Atlantic Lithium um, and Gulmina, um, plus all the other um, exploration plays? Do you yeah. see sort of West Africa um, becoming a major lithium mining hub over the next few years? I do. I do. I think it's great. I really like uh, Gulmina. Fantastic project. Uh, looks like it'll be large scale requires flotation uh, 45 k's away from us quite similar geology development you know they again they're in they're in the process of building um, same as us fully permitted uh, pro mining country it, it's going to happen um, Atlantic lithium I like the look of that as well I think it's um, got some pluses it's in uh, close to the port uh, Looks like a good project. Nice, nice veins. Good, pretty good metallurgy. Um, I think that uh, West Africa really has the potential to become a significant hub, and not just with the three of us who are proven resource and in reserve focused companies. Um, there's a lot more exploration. There's a lot more uh, positive news coming out out of Cote d'Ivoire, out of Mali some out of Guinea, you know, Senegal as well. And I, I think this actually is really positive, not just for West Africa, but also given the location, uh, when you asked earlier about where could the UK or where could Europe be sourcing product from, well, I think, you know, the closest opportunity is actually in Africa for a lot of this. And um, 
we, you know, sometimes we look and say, well, there's a few years where at the moment China may be our main market, but maybe in the future we we may be selling into Europe as well. Closer, uh, demand for the product still high, great opportunity. Um, obviously, we've talked mainly about lithium, um, but obviously I wanted to uh, get your um, thoughts around um, your uh, obviously gold portfolio. Um, have you sort of got any uh, plans for 2023 um, for your for your gold portfolio? Yep, absolutely. We we have uh, an advanced project in Mali, the Fatu project, historically explored by a Canadian con company who declared a reasonably significant resource. Uh, we're looking to confirm and expand that. Uh, our geologists have spent a fair amount of time in the field mapping. We've done some further geochemical sampling. We did a program of test drilling there that did confirm uh, the gold mineralization, did give us some indications of ability to expand that. Really like that project. We will be drilling at Fatu, and I think given its history, uh, we can reasonably confidently say we'll be looking to delineate a resource there. Uh, in Mali, that's our that will be our lead um, work. Obviously, Jelly Bunny Sud and Nangaloso uh, to advance those projects, and then in Cote d'Ivoire, our Nile project in the north. Uh, there's been a a new discovery made. Um, good grade, good width mineralization, open along strike potential again for further drilling to define a resource. So in Mali and Cote d'Ivoire, we've got advanced projects, uh, drilling to define gold resources. Uh, and also we have advanced exploration. And you know, again, I'll refer to our Dabakala project that's got a fantastic anomaly, never been drilled. Corogo, uh, great soil geochem anomaly, never been drilled, adjacent to projects with um, near near defined resources. So, you know, we've got a pretty exciting portfolio. Um, we'd love to be doing some more work. Once we're up and running at Baguni, that will be our focus for our for some of our team. Um, but in the meantime, we are working them, but priority Baguni. So uh, concluding, what's the sort of outlook uh, for the next sort of six to nine months in 2023 uh, for the company, and if there's anything else that you want to uh, want to add. Well, look, I, I'd just say I think that 2022 has put us in a position that we're looking at a very exciting 2023. Uh, shareholders have heard me allude several times to discussions we're having. Um, we are looking to finalise those. A lot of our prep work is near completion, that means that once financing is, is finalised, we move quickly to a development phase. That gives us a great opportunity in 2023 to really transform the company. Um, and I think uh, an exciting future ahead of that. You know, there's some, some exciting times coming at Baguni. Uh, the Anguilana vein and how we can continue to expand that DMS operation followed by the flotation operation just gives us a great a great stepping stone to build the company into uh, something significant. So that's 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 the way I see us developing. And um, 
I hope our shareholders come along for a pretty enjoyable ride. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they will. Bernard, I really appreciate your time again. Um, thank you for um, entertaining our audience and giving us an update on um, your portfolio project, Lithium and Gold in Mali. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, want to find out some more information, um, how can they go about doing that? What social media platforms uh, are you on? Website uh, has a contact um, email to me. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Instagram. Um, but generally, we, we do try and update through RNS and, you know, any significant news items will be immediately out to our shareholders and we know they're waiting. Um, we don't like to keep people waiting too long, but uh, some things we, I will say, are clearly worth waiting for and we're trying to make something that when, when it's received will be very well received. So, yeah. Yeah. Great to hear. All the best for 2023. Uh, perhaps you want to come on Thanks. later in the year to uh, give us an update. Sure. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. And look, I just one one quick finish. I'd like to uh, thank all our shareholders for their ongoing support. Uh, but importantly, I'd like to wish everyone a happy and safe Christmas, great new year, and looking forward to 2023. Yeah, good to hear. Thank you, Bernard. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for those that are listening. Um, again, appreciate all your help. Please uh, share this episode and the podcast in general to all those in the mining industry um, far, far wide, wherever you are in the world. Um, appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.